Thursday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernell-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday or whatever day it is that we decide (laughs) to put it out. Uh, The coronavirus has made things a little crazy here and everywhere. Um, We are so excited today um, to have our guest with us, U.S. Congresswoman Kendra Horn. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both. Very glad to be here with you today and to be able to talk about Uh, everything that's happening with education and um, our response to COVID-19 and all a lot of the outstanding questions and work we have to do. Well, uh, we wanted to visit with you today primarily about the Corona Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, the CARES Act, as people know, the $2 trillion package that's uh, working its way through right now. Um, And you're expected to vote on that tomorrow, correct? Uh, yes, the House is expected to take it up tomorrow. Uh, though I, I, you know, how how that uh, how everything unfolds is uh, still a little bit uncertain. Though I will not be in uh, D.C. because I am still uh, in self quarantine due to right. exposure to uh, COVID nineteen until midnight tomorrow. Thankfully, I'm still feeling well. Good. But but yes, I think we I think it will likely pass the House um, via unanimous consent or a voice vote. Uh, tomorrow, if not, I will be headed back uh, as soon as possible um, if that's necessary. And thank you for taking that quarantine thing seriously. Yes. Uh, because we know that some didn't. Um, yes. So there, there are so many parts of this of this bill, um, and we really want to focus on things that might affect our um, our employees here in Oklahoma, our teachers, our support professionals. Um, let's talk about um, first of all. Unemployment insurance. We understand that this is uh, something that that this bill would help those who've been displaced, which we know is happening to many of our school workers across the state um, who work in those support roles. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. And and what I want to do first, actually, is back up and give a little bit of context. Sure. Good. There have been so many things that are happening, and as this is moving, there are constant changes. So I think it's probably helpful to give a little bit of context to what the what the Congress has done so far, and and the, also to say that this there will be more that we have to do. This is an unprecedented health and economic uh, crisis that that is is really driven by this novel coronavirus and and, and COVID nineteen. Uh, so. So a couple of weeks ago, we passed our first package of $8.3 billion that was primarily focused on, on health. It was focused on getting resources to states and public health, uh, public health for testing, for supplies, for research, other things like that. And then, um, two weeks ago, uh, tomorrow, or tomorrow, Friday night, Saturday, the House passed the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. And last uh, last week, the Senate passed it, and it was signed into law. So what that did was build upon the initial eight point three billion dollar investment uh, to 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 take take it one step further. And the Families First Act uh, included both health and economic support for struggling families. Mm-hmm. That included ensuring free testing for anyone who needed it, uh, those who, especially those who don't have health insurance. Although we we do know that we are still struggling to get the testing supplies and access to test kits. 
True. Uh, but that's that's part of what that act included. Uh, it also included food assistance. Uh, for our most vulnerable populations, families, uh, seniors. Uh, we'll talk about uh, support and, and impact for uh, students in our, our uh, school breakfast and lunch programs, as well as enhanced unemployment insurance uh, and support for frontline healthcare workers. So one of the things, especially with related to schools, and now as we know that uh, Superintendent Hoffmeister has said that all of the uh, school buildings will be closed through the end of the year, uh, we know the significant impact that food insecurity has on so many families and children that uh, our educators uh, work hard every day to take care of and to uh, to make sure that they have the support they need. And what it did was it gave flexibility uh, to schools uh, to continue their free and reduced lunch programs without requiring that the food be served on site. Uh, and it made those those necessary uh, and important programs uh, stabilized to handle that. There's, I know, still work to be done there, but that was one of the first things we did. Uh, and it also included uh, paid leave provisions. And those paid leave provisions are, are primarily, um, they, they fall into three categories. One is a sick leave provision uh, for individuals who had been, uh, who, who had been, uh, diagnosed with or uh, forced to quarantine because of exposure to COVID-19, two weeks of paid leave, uh, and and then also um, uh, two weeks up, up to two weeks of uh, paid family leave if you had to care for a family member, uh, and and uh, up to ten weeks of paid parental leave. These are primarily um, targeted at uh, small and mid-sized businesses. But just to give you some uh, some more context, now let's talk about uh, what this next. Uh, Phase three uh, stimulus package has done. You know, it's important to say that there are so many things that we are having to tackle here. This is a health right. crisis. This is an economic crisis. Right. This is uh, this is uncharted territory for our teachers, our students, our families. That, and we have people on the front lines, our healthcare workers, who are struggling to get the personal protective equipment yeah. they need, um, and and our educators and support staff who are trying to figure out how to navigate this as well as our children who still um, need to uh, to have access to support and educational and tools, uh, which, you know, means that some communities are, we still have to, to work to make sure that they can get their distance learning met. Um, so, so understanding that this is a very broad scope problem and there's no such thing as perfection in any of these bills. Uh, and, uh, and, and at the same time, it is, is incredibly critical that we remember that we have to come together and, and we've got work to do. And that these have been bipartisan, negotiated efforts, uh, but we uh, cannot let the uh, perfect be the enemy of the good. So this package um, and what we're working on now that I, I think some of it has some really pr promising provisions, especially as it relates to educators. Um, but again, I want to caution that the process has been so fast. So we're still we're still working to understand exactly how some of these things will work and the provisions so we can give better guidance for individuals. And we will continue to do that. We just got the text of the uh, Senate bill last night and we are working through that. So I say this because we will, there are some places I can't say specifically 
um, how it will work, but we will be able to very soon. Uh, and we will continue to keep you uh, updated. So this includes specifically to your, uh, your question, an education stabilization fund that provides emergency relief grants to elementary and secondary schools, uh-huh. funding for safe school and citizenship education program that will go toward the deep cleaning of schools, counseling, and distance learning, uh, as well as funding for higher education um, that um, that's required to focus on student support, um, and then there's a potential impact on um, uh, moratorium of, of student loans. Uh, so those are the those are some of the things that are um, specifically impactful to um, to our educators. But the expansion of unemployment uh, means that um, we have ex- this in this bill expanded unemployment for up to four months um, with. A potential of $600 a week more in uh, in unemployment benefits than uh, had previously been provided to help uh, help individuals, uh, and 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 there also hopefully uh, some some more. And it looks like there's some more help for businesses to keep employees on uh, and 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 get get us prepared to go back. Though you know that doesn't. Um, that doesn't change the fact that our teachers, uh, our educators, our support staff, our schools, and our students are, are facing significant adjustments uh, through the rest of the school year. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, and in so many ways, socially, academically, I mean, it's just a, a massive change for everyone. And I heard an important word in there, counselors. Yes. Uh, because, yes. because our students are, are in trauma somewhat because of this, you know, that it was something that no one, um, no one could prepare our kids for the fact that they're going to be out the rest of the school year and, and being able to, um, to talk with them and to give them an opportunity and an outlet to express in an appropriate way is going to be paramount. Yes. And, And to that point, um, we are working and, and I've been working really hard uh, as have other offices, but to to make sure that we're expanding options for telehealth and telemedicine, uh, for and that includes mental health services, mm-hmm. uh, to get funding for uh, our um, community certified community behavioral health centers, but also to increase reimbursement and uh, opportunities for mental health uh, services and support through programs like Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, and and our community health centers, which serve a lot of a lot of our communities right now, but had previously or have restrictions on on telemedicine, we are actively working to pull back any of those barriers, so that we have um, that that our our students, our families, um, individuals have the support, because you know this is a scary and uncertain time for everyone. If we could set a date certain that this was going to be over and we would be on the other side of it, we would all, I know, love to do that. Absolutely. And, and, and we can't. And so what we, but what we can do is put the tools into place to help people as much as possible. And we understand, I think that we're not going to do it perfectly at first. Sure. Uh, but we will continue. I, we've been working on support for small businesses, and I know this impacts so many families um, and, uh, and, and and small businesses and 
and and healthcare professionals and other people that are on the front lines, people that work in grocery stores or right. gas stations, other essential services. I mean, our healthcare workers are putting themselves on the line, as are the other people in our essential uh, in essential services, and and the impact on these families. So we've got to make sure that we're we're meeting these needs in in a number of different ways. And uh, and that that we will continue. And and I also think it's important for people to know um, that this is not the last action we will take. We did. Yeah. We, we can't get everything in one bill. That's why this is number three. And I, we are already working know. on number four. It feels so like everything important. is in there, this bill. There is a lot in, in here. <laughs> but but one thing that we um, we do know is missing is uh, homework gap is is the way we call yes. it um so uh tell us a little bit about what's not in the bill so things that are still that that are still uh not yet in the bill um are we need to do more to uh to make sure you mentioned the homework gap and the technology gap that that our our children and our families have access to uh broadband so that they can right. they can engage in distance learning, that they have the tools that they need. Uh, and I think that the next package will focus, uh, we're going to see some more focus on infrastructure mm-hmm. and and meeting those other needs uh, for our communities. Because, you know, broadband, uh, when we our schools are closed and access to reliable internet for distance learning is, is, is critical. Right. And we still have a lot of, of communities, and not even that far out, that that don't have sufficient access to, to uh, in, uh, internet and broadband technology. So we've been working on rural broadband access and other access, and I think we're going to see expansions of those, uh, hopefully moving forward. We've got to continue to address those very real issues that, that families are facing, um, as well as I think probably more support for critical uh services and, and potentially looking at where the gaps are, um, supporting our small businesses to keep things going, um, and, and not only expanding um, unemployment, but also to help our communities be ready to start back up so we don't lose uh, all of that capacity. And that that really, that that's very interrelated to um, our educational system, uh, because it's going to make a difference when we are coming back online of, of, of the support the families have, the, the opportunities that our, our kids have, and, and and so many other so many other things that needs are met. And I know that school systems are struggling with what to do um, and how to take care of their workforce, right. not just the teachers, not just our educators, but the counselors and the support staff and the hourly workers. Right. And that's those are some of the things we began to address. But I think we're going to find um, that there's more we need to do. But right now, we've got to give everyone the opportunity to stay at home as much as possible and to help mm-hmm. uh, help take care of our educators and our kids so we can keep that, that forward movement and learning process. Well, we wanted to to wrap up with you by asking, what message do you have for, you know, not just – your district, but all Oklahomans um, during this time? My message is we are all in this together and we are here to help. And this virus and this uh, 
this this crisis that we're facing facing is unprecedented, and getting past this and 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 moving beyond it is going to require us all coming together. That's why we've been working on uh, bipartisan bills. That's why we are working to get the support out to our communities as quickly as possible, and we will not stop. Uh, it is uncertain, it is scary, but if we are in this together and we do what we need to do to listen to the advice of medical experts, create social distancing, uh, we can get to the other side of this. And, and in the meantime, we are working from a distance, but we are working very hard. So my message is this, if you need help uh, with a federal program, if you are uncertain about how something is going to impact you or your family, uh, that's what we are here for. I have an amazing team uh, both here and in Washington, D.C. Now, granted, we're all working from home, but thankful, sure. thankfully, technology allows us to do this. So my message is uh, reach out to us. Uh, I am committed to uh, to getting the best information as quickly as possible to our communities, and we are able to help uh, navigate uh, these federal systems. And you can anyone can call my office at 405 602 3074 or go online to horn.house.gov and and reach out and we we are here to help we're putting the most up-to-date information on our website on social media and and we'll continue to fight for oklahomans and and to work to flatten the curve together and uh, take care of the needs of our whole communities and um and we'll keep you posted so thank you we appreciate your leadership uh, in this time. All that you do. Well, thank you so much, Congresswoman Horn. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. Thank and you. Please don't hesitate to reach out um, and let us know what else what else you might need. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Now we're joined by Mark Egan, the Director of Government Relations for NEA. Um, Mark, how are you? Doing just fine. How are you all today? Good. Great. Good. Uh, well, Mark, before we get started, can you just give us sort of big picture? Um, what is um, NEA? What has NEA's role been um, as the all these stimulus package conversations have been going on and bills have been working their way through Congress? What um, explain what NEA does and what you do to um, get NEA's voice to be part of these conversations and make the magic happen? How does the magic happen? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. So uh, so I'm the government relations director. We have a team of 12 um, made up of lobbyists and writers and others. Um, And we are getting a member's voice on Capitol Hill um, in good times and in bad times. And um, we've been it's been an around the clock operation really for the last two to three weeks as the pandemic has uh, has worsened. And, you know, our lobbying is always in partnership and supplemented by the great advocacy that our state affiliates provide, as well as our board of directors and our local uh, rank and file members. And so we do it via, you know, online lobbying, as well as phone calls. Generally, our team is up on the Hill doing meetings in person, but obviously um, the Capitol's been closed down for a couple of weeks now. So it's just been a lot of, Mm -hmm. like everyone else, a lot of um, remote working and outreach on phones and emails and text. Um, But it's been a huge effort uh, on the part of NEA and and many of our allies in the education space, civil rights space, labor, and progressive community trying to push Congress to 
uh, address the, the needs that are just gargantuan at this point. And so the bill that Congress passed I'm sorry, that the Senate passed last night. It was a 96 to nothing vote uh, late last night, and the House of Representatives is expected to pass it uh, tomorrow, Friday the 27th. Um, it's about a $2 trillion bill. I would say that it is, uh, NEA's fingerprints are, are all over the bill. Um, there are a lot of elements that we fought for and, and won. But I also think that it's important to note that this is just a step, uh, one step in the, in the right direction and much more is going to be needed. So, you know, everything from stimulus checks to go out the door to, to taxpayers, which we can talk in more detail about in a minute, um, education money, emergency education money, both for K-12 and higher education, uh, unemployment insurance, because we know, unfortunately, some of our members, including ESPs, are uh, losing hours and, and paychecks right now, mm-hmm. student loan relief, a whole lot of issues that we fought for and got in the bill. Um, but it's going to be, we're going to need to go back for more, and there will be more packages that the Congress passes in the in the coming weeks. Good. Well, let's talk about a couple of those things, especially the things you raised. Um, so let's talk about first our education support professionals. Um, we are sure. in the second week of our statewide shutdown, and we have we have members who have lost hours. They've lost their positions. They're filing for unemployment. Um, what what is this What does this bill do for them? Yeah, so this has been one of our, our big concerns, uh, our ESPs, knowing that uh, because so many are hourly as schools were closing, that their hours would be potentially decreased and they would not be getting paid what they uh, should be getting paid. Mm-hmm. And they should always be getting paid more than they are already making. Right. Uh, we should always yes. say that, too. Um, and, and in many cases, they are they are literally on the front lines right now. I mean, I know we have where schools are closed down. We still have a lot of our ESPs who are, are preparing and delivering meals to the students who need it, even though schools are shut down. Um, they're helping to sanitize and clean the, the school buildings. We want to make sure that they have not just the supplies they need, but also the protective gear going right. forward. Um, but as far as, you know, look, just bread and butter paycheck issue mm-hmm. right now. So a couple of things. Um, Stimulus check. So within, I believe it's in the next couple of weeks, um, stimulus checks will be going out to to most uh, taxpayers in the country. Um, it's a sliding scale, but it's going to be $1,200 per individual, $2,400 for, for those who file jointly. And then if you have a, a child under the age of 17, it's an additional $500 per child. Um, these checks, they get reduced for the higher income taxpayers and they start phasing out. If you're a, if you file as a single taxpayer, it's $75,000 a year. Not a concern. And then it to phase down. Not a concern. Then it to phase down. And then 150000 for joint filers. So we know for not just our ESPs, but many of our classroom teachers around the country, that is going to be money going into their, uh, pockets at a, a time in need. So that was good. It was something we fought for. Um, there's also unemployment insurance. So this was actually, it's the most robust, aggressive unemployment insurance uh, plan that Congress has ever passed, which is needed because there were over 3 million unemployment claims filed uh, in the past week. Mm-hmm. So um, this is an additional 13 weeks of unemployment insurance. It's money on top of whatever states provide. It'll be an additional okay. $600 per, per week wow. on top of whatever state unemployment Good compensation is and it's it, this clearly will be for like our ESPs in particular mm-hmm. or any teachers who are, are being laid off as budgets go down um, we obviously want to 
we, we want money going into the states and local communities uh, and, and their budgets going forward so that we can avoid layoffs, of course. But right. um, knowing that that might be happening right now, the unemployment insurance can be very important. And so it covers individuals if your place of employment is closed, like your schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, if you're, it's covering people who, if you're home because you're caring for somebody who has a, a COVID-19 diagnosis or you're caring for a spouse or a child because their school is closed. So right. um, it should be very far-reaching. And it's for um, full-time and part-time workers. Is that correct? Correct. Good, because a, a lot of our ESPs our uh, hourly workers uh, are not full-time um, if they right. are. Right, it is, yeah. it is for both. It's for full-time and part-time workers that they've been laid off. Well, let's jump to um, to student loans. I know that that is part of the package. Uh, tell us what, what help there is for those of us who have uh, student loans and will paying them, be paying them until we're 215. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this was another thing that we, we, we pushed hard on, and um, progress was made, but not as much as we want to see, so we will keep, we will keep fighting for more here. Um, so, you know, in the last week or so, the administration was rolling out um, very moderate, modest relief. They wanted to spend interest payments or yeah. interest accrual on the payments, things like that. The bill itself um, is more aggressive than that. It's a six, it's six months suspension of all federal student loan payments. Um, so between now and, and September 30th, anyone who, owe, who owed any money on federal student loans of any kind uh, will not have to pay that. And importantly, the, the monthly payments that are suspended are going to be considered as qualified, qualified payments toward completion of uh, your programs, including uh, oh. the public service loan we give this Great. program that's so important for a lot of our members. That's so, awesome. It's helpful, right? I mean, yes. it's, it's, it's six months of not having to pay money that um, was already a, kind of creating a crushing burden on, on right. so many of our members. But we would like to actually go further. Um, we would have been calling for just an outright cancellation for the duration of the crisis and actually to have uh, up to $10,000 just, just canceled outright uh, mm-hmm. or paid for by the government. So I think it's something we can keep pushing on, uh, pushing Congress on going forward. But it's it's definitely a step in the right direction. I know some teachers who'd be willing to write some emails on that one. <laughs> we, we, we would love to have that happen. Um, something that uh, isn't in the bill, unfortunately, is funding for E-rate technology. Um, can you talk about that? A lot of people, we call it the homework gap. Can you talk about that? Yeah, thanks for that question. So this was this is sort of sticking to be honest with you. Um, and we... Uh, a statement that went out last night from uh, NEA President Lily Eskelson Garcia. We we pretty much took Congress to task on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw that. So while there's a, good stuff. while there's a lot in the bill that, that's helpful and important, um, this was a glaring omission. So we look homework gap is something that, that educators are familiar with. We know there are a lot of students who do not have Wi-Fi access at home or devices with Wi-Fi, and, and um, that's being exacerbated now, especially since schools are trying to do some level of, you know, distance learning, remote teaching, that kind of a thing. Um, hard to do if you have kids who don't have Wi-Fi and can't access that, or maybe they have a, or whole communities. You know, a parent or a guardian who has a, who has a telephone, but it's a day. I want to be running up your data at a time like this. So we asked, we've really been leading the fight on this. Um, 
one of our lobbyists, Corey Williams, is uh, really one of the, the experts on this, this E-rate program topic in general. We were leading an effort uh, with our education colleagues um, and even working with some of the FCC commissioners on this. Um, all of them, unfortunately, are in agreement with us, but some of them are. We said there should be a, a $2 billion uh, dedicated through the E-rate program that already exists. Uh, for schools to help get Wi-Fi hotspots to students who need it um, and or devices with Wi-Fi. And, um, you know, this is a $2 trillion bill. And so to ask for $2 billion out of that yeah. for students most in need at a time like this is a drop in the bucket. And um, they didn't listen. So we were almost there. So Speaker Pelosi and the House Democrats put out a, a proposal on a bill on, uh, I guess it was Saturday night or Sunday night, that actually included what we were looking for. Um, Chuck Schumer, the minority leader in the Senate, had also proposed the same thing, but it got knocked down um, in negotiations. And the only thing that's actually in there right now is it, there's a there's a thirteen billion dollars in stabilization money for K twelve that uh, will go through the states down to the local level that can be used for a variety of things to help keep you know school operations running, help help pay teachers if need be. Uh, a lot of allowable uses. One of those allowable uses is, is to purchase education technology, which is fine. But it's again, it's not uh, a dedicated stream, and it's not enough money. So mm-hmm. we're going to keep fighting for this going forward. It's really needed, and we've we've actually gotten some good response already from folks on the Hill and others who um, want to really prioritize this in the next go round. It's really important, and it, it should not really be a fight, but. It became one, unfortunately, uh, over the last couple of days. So you were talking about the uh, stabilization fund, which is thirty point seven billion with a B, uh, and that small part uh, f- that you had talked about. So what else is in that thirty point seven billion uh, education stabilization fund? Sure, good question. So um, some of you might remember um, if you go back to two thousand nine after the the Great Recession. Congress passed uh, the Recovery Act, um, which had about $100 billion in total for education. And, and uh, about a half of that, $53 billion, was something called a state stabilization fund. Um, and it was in part because at that, at that point, we were seeing massive layoffs of educators all around the country um, as state budgets um, dried up. Mm-hmm. And we then had to follow that on a couple of years, about a year later, with another $10 billion in education jobs money. So about two, three weeks ago, we started putting a uh, bug in the ear of leadership and allies on the Hill saying, we see what's coming. You see what's coming. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to need another stabilization fund that can go into uh, through the states, through the local school districts and make sure that we are helping to prop up state budgets because we know it may, it may not be showing just yet, but it's, it's happening. Receipts yep. are going to be going down and it's yep. going to, it's going to have an impact. We need to get ahead of this. So they created the fund. Um, which is helpful, um, but it's, again, it's not enough money. It's a mm-hmm. it's a beginning, and they need to provide more going forward. And we have lots of allies on this going forward, um, both on the Hill and in, in the education space, and even with I think the state school chiefs and the governors. Um, so the thirty billion, it's almost thirty one billion. It's split almost equally between K twelve and higher education. The K twelve money can be used for a variety of needs, um, and I should say also. We are. We've posted a summary of this of this massive bill on uh, some NEA properties, nea.org 
slash coronavirus is one page. We also have the Ed Votes uh, Ed Votes page, mm-hmm. educationvotes.org, that has a lot of information. So um, I know this is a lot to take in uh, verbally, but we have a lot of summaries that, that you guys can also look at on this. Um, the higher ed, higher ed money is for both institutions and actually it's also for students, too, who, who are in need right now because Good. their schools are closed down yeah. and they may have some unusual needs right now. Um, and then there's three billion out of the thirty that goes to directly to governors, and they have some flexibility based on um, locate school districts and or colleges in their state that are really facing issues right now because of the uh, the pandemic. Um, but that language also says it can be used to help keep people employed and paid. So um, it's a, again, it's a starting point. We'll, yeah. we'll be going back for tens of billions more than what they they provided. Well, um, to I'm so sorry. That was my phone. I apologize. Uh, We're all learning a new way of work. <laughs> oh, and I've learned that my kids love to take my phone and mess with it. Um, anyway, well, so. Yes, I have two kids here. <laughs> you know, you know. So with so much going on and there's just so many layers and everything happening so quickly, what do you want OEA members to know? What can they do? Um, to help be a part of this and to help um, push push these kinds of things forward, what do you what do you want them to know? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so first, I would say thank you because I know a lot have already reached out and helped in terms of reaching out to members of Congress in the, in, in recent weeks mm-hmm. uh, on these needs. Um, I've mentioned Education Votes is kind of our online hub for for everything. We send out a weekly email. Um, called Ed Action in Congress. You can sign up for it on the Ed Votes website. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an easy place where you get an email every Sunday morning from us, gives you an update on what's been going on in Congress and what actions we are requesting people to take. That's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a crisis like none of us have ever seen before. Right. So it's going to be ongoing. I would say, you know, obviously go through uh, the great folks at, at OEA. Um, who always have a direct line with us as well and and share sharing stories. I mean, yeah. this is evolving by the day and we're going to need to know and want to know what's happening on the ground because those are the kinds of stories and information that we want to get in the hands of members of Congress who I think for the most part, especially somebody like Congresswoman Horn, um, they understand, they get it, but mm-hmm. providing some of those real life stories of where the struggles are, what the needs are, that that arms us with the kind of information that we can then go to the Hill and say, this is why we need X, Y, and Z going forward. Right. Um, so I would say just stand in touch with us as much as you can through, through online properties. And then obviously, um, you know, through, through OEA and, and they can always get to us with um, any specific requests. Um, but we are, we're, we're on the task. We're on the job. We're, we're working. Uh, the team's been working really hard. Um, but we know that the needs are just, they're, they're dramatic and, and they're scary. And so, um, you know, there's been a lot of rallying around, I think, as an organization for uh, each other and for the membership right now at a time mm-hmm. of need. And, and we that's we get that. We always say that. But um, in a time like this, it's it's even more true than than usual. And uh, so we really just thank, thank what you all are doing um, and what the, your membership is doing. Um, and hope that everybody stays safe. Thank you. And I know that you must be working 24-7 because we have this great breakdown of the package, the stimulus package, and um, and that came from you guys at NEA. Uh, 
so you have to be working 24-7 in order for uh, for that breakdown to have come when the bill just uh, was put out last night. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's been a lot. Right? Yeah, like we always say, like we always say on the hill, we work for the good guys and the good girls, and uh, so it's, it's always our honor. And um, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot, but we're, <laughs> we're going to keep fighting for more. We're going to keep fighting for more. Don't worry about that. Thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate your work, and thank you for your time. Thanks so much. You guys be well. Okay. You too. And now for the segment on fried okra for Alicia's morning announcements. Uh, Let's talk about OEA elections. Please vote. Elections matter. Although not everybody will have something to vote on across the state, go to www.okea.org. And on that front page, there is a link to vote in our statewide OEA elections. Those are uh, for board of directors, delegate assembly, Um, representative assembly, and uh, we need you to um, exercise your civic duty in your association as well as statewide. Uh, The next thing we're going to talk about is another thing on our webpage. We have a robust, that seems to be the great word uh, that that has come out of this whole thing. We have a robust webpage. Very uh, robust. OKEA.org slash, it's a forward slash, coronavirus. And we have a wealth of information there. Um, And uh, on Facebook, every Monday through Thursday at four o'clock, I come on and do a Facebook Live and talk about our four top education issues at four o'clock. And so um, if you go on Facebook li- uh, Facebook at four o'clock, you can watch it live. Otherwise, like it, share it, ask questions, um, put your suggestions for other things that we need to cover, and uh, we will try to get that information out to you. We are all working uh, this the best way we can, mm-hmm. and um, you know our families are at home, and and you heard in the earlier segment with Mark Egan, uh, Carrie Coppernall Jacobs phone go yes, off. I'm sorry. W- what's up with that, Carrie? I all right. So I don't know who my so I, my daughters are in pre-K and fourth grade, and we've been very diligently watching the zoo at two. The Oklahoma City Zoo does a Facebook Live at two o'clock every day about different interesting animals. And one day I, because I'm a terrible person, (laughs) missed the exact two o'clock broadcast. So we couldn't watch it live. We had to watch it later. And my girls were appalled. And so my phone has been commandeered (laughs) for an alarm at 1.55 every day. So we may never miss another (laughs) zoo at two. My deep apologies. So hopefully my husband at home right now remembered zoo at two. Otherwise, I'm sure that my children will disown him. So... Yeah. And um, zoo. Speaking of zoos. Speaking of zoos, uh, I know that you guys are binge watching Tiger King. We are. We are. It's, <laughs> we have one episode left. And I just like, so I used to uh, work at the newspaper in town. And when I was a reporter, I actually had interviewed Carol Baskins and Joe Exotic uh, about their feud. And I ended up not writing about it because I was like, this is crazy. And what are either of you talking about? So it's an accurate portrayal of it's, who they are. It's so spot on. It's so spot on. And um, and I just, this is now my greatest uh, journalistic regret is that I didn't write about 
<laughs> about this after interviewing them, but we've been watching it. My husband and I have been uh, binge watching it. We have one more episode. We're going to finish it tonight. We uh, we started watching it last night, and mm-hmm. after the first episode, my daughter's uh, question was, why does he have a piercing so close to his eye? <laughs> and my husband said, how is that the question that you have after seeing all of that? <laughs> it's all accurate. I mean, this is like, like this is, you don't have to exaggerate the situation because the situation, in journalism, we say the story tells itself and this story indeed tells itself. That, so it is a story for sure. <laughs> so, uh, so if you haven't started watching Tiger King on Netflix, we recommend it. We, we re- <laughs> two thumbs up. <laughs> and um, I will not be getting an eye piercing anytime soon. That's wise. Uh, I think I your it would freak out your your daughter. So and the people on four at four. So right. Well. It's a not. It's a non-essential business. It's closed. It's, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You'll have to postpone that, Alicia. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Copernell Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association, and I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. We hope you'll join us again next week on Fried Okra. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.